0: Now, today, you are joining us on Independence Day. Happy Independence Day here in the United States, if you are celebrating that. And what I am excited to share with you today, we have a guest. He's been on the show a few times, but he is back. This is my brother, longtime friend, business partner, someone I actually do look up to. You know, give him his oh. roses, look up to my bro. The Sarte Yarnway has come to join the
1: minority money community. So welcome him back to the show. Yo, thanks for the warm welcome. This time feels great, but a little different because I'm a father. Whereas the last couple of times, I was just the sarté, you know? (laughs) So it feels good to be on the show. I know people aren't watching this, but Sophia's right now in what I call a baby necklace, which is the harness that you wear and hold your kid. So to me, I'll throw those roses back. I mean, you've always been a father, a husband, you know, something I aspire to do. And now I'm here, you know, Mm -hmm. so happy to be on the show this time as a father. Nice. Come on in. The water's
0: fine. You know, the parenthood. <laughs> Talk about on the job training. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have you come back on today and one congratulations again to you and the family you and the wife and the healthy baby girl. Sophia like just proud of to see that. And so happy for you guys. Just happy for what you and your family have created. And as, as many kids as you want to have, we continue to pray blessings on the family. So thank you. You know, just, just excited for you uh, being a new father.
1: First Father's Day. First Father's Day. That was in June. That was amazing because, you know, you grow up, one, seeing everybody getting a happy Father's Day and you just grow accustomed to giving it out, you know, but you never know when it's going to be your day to receive that, like, happy Father's Day text. Especially for me growing up, losing my father pretty young, you know what I mean? I would have to send the happy Father's Day text to other fathers, like, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a role model, if you will, in my life. But like having that come to me was crazy. (laughs) It was a crazy experience and probably one of the best experiences that I've had, right? So holding my daughter, you know, Father's Day is a week after my birthday. So I felt like I was able to celebrate my biggest gift and then celebrate the fact that I was a father literally the week after. So, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better year so far. And, you know, I pray that the year continues to trend upwards, man. And I know that's our plan, right? So let's just continue to make it happen.
0: Absolutely. I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. What has been the most rewarding as a new father? We got, you know, Mm -hmm. going in a few weeks now. And what would you say has been the most rewarding part of becoming a
1: new father? That's a good question. I think for me, the most rewarding part about becoming a father is being home to somebody. You know what I mean? Like when Sophia is laying on my chest, she feels at home. When she's with her mom, she feels at home, like completely safe. Right. And it's crazy because you hear people talk about their significant others like that. But come on, man. And we all adults, you know, we all have our own baggage. We all have our own traumas. We all have things that we're trying to fight through, which sometimes can prevent us from being vulnerable. But with a baby, you know what I mean? You are what they know. So just seeing that, you know, having her hit my hands on my chest and stop crying because she feels at home. Or, you know, having her look at me in a certain way, like that's my dad's voice or follow me around the room with her eyes. You know what I mean? That's home. That's my dad. So that's been super rewarding. I know there's going to be like more milestones that we hit physically as when she starts crawling and walking and talking and stuff like that. But throughout all that, I would say like the bottom line, the underlying thing is just being a safe space and home for a human. That's crazy when you think about it. It is, bro. It is, man. That's such a blessing, bro. It's
0: such a blessing. And uh, as she goes through those physical milestones, you wish yeah, she can go back <laughs> when she starts crawling. you will know, be like, I like the way I can just hold her. She not to try to get away. Then she starts right. walking. Yeah, so it's going to be fun, man. It'll be fun. And you know we're here, so if there's anything that we can do to help you all, you know that. Definitely wanted to get you on and talk about going independent. And like I said, it's Independence Day. I wanted to talk a little bit about going independent as a financial advisor. It was interesting, or it, what would we say, serendipitous? Yep. That the first time you and I communicated on social media was on Independence Yep. We tracked that back, and we're sitting down. We were having dinner somewhere. I think we. I don't know. We might have been in Miami. I think we was in Miami when we did that. Yep. Yeah, was, that was, so that was really big flex. Like, oh yeah. We, we was at the. Uh, that was at the conference. We was just getting things started. I, I forgot about that. Anyhow, so we was out there and we looked through our Instagram messages and I seen that the first time I reached out to you was July 4th, 2018. And, you know, I reached out to you asking you about practice, you know, how you started your podcast and whatnot. And then from there, you know, fast forward four years later, we had business together. So there was a lot of stuff yeah. that happened, you know, in between there and then, but man, I couldn't have asked for a better, that might've been the best thing I did for business for me, business, yeah. sending a message to you. So When you think about going independent and when you, you know, both of us were early in our independence at that point in time, but when you think back to going independent, what was one of the things that, how did you
1: know you were ready? Yeah, I think that, first of all, independence is something that we're all striving for in some way, shape or form. So if you're at that nine to five, you're looking for independence in some way. Like maybe you're trying to get to retirement independence and not have to be bound to the W-2 lifestyle, right? Or if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're looking for time affluence and being able to do things on your own schedule. If you are, you know, anything, man, just we're all looking for that bit of independence. So for me, I knew I was ready when I found out that nowhere was going to allow me to serve my clients in the way that I wanted to. That was like the tipping point for me, because if I go back 2013, I graduated from college. I was at my first firm, which was an RAA, It was good, but the upper mobility was not too great. I could literally see the next four positions that I would have if I stayed at the firm for 10 years. And none of that aligned with what I wanted with my life, which at the time was just legacy building and time influence. Like I wanted to be able to do things when I wanted to. It's funny because just a couple of days ago, my mom asked me to take her to the pharmacy or something. And we did it in the middle of the day, right? And that kind of time influence is something that I always saw myself having. Now, after that, I went to a brokerage and I went to a brokerage and I wasn't able to really serve people from a product standpoint in the way that I wanted to. I had to push H-Share Mutual Funds. Mm-hmm. If you guys know, H-Share Mutual Funds are some of the firms that push them. You probably can whittle down which firm I was at. And I was like, this doesn't make sense for me. And, you know, Emlyn, me and you have a relationship in which you know that I'm going to challenge everything until I understand why we are doing this specific thing. And nobody could give me an answer knowing that it wasn't the most cost-effective thing for our clients. Then I went to the bank, and I saw that client service, the well-being of the client, the holistic nature of financial planning was secondary to the business of the bank, which included shareholders, which included included hitting revenue targets. And if you put that first, you're never going to do what's right for the client. So I found myself getting to this point where like, oh, the odds are already stacked against me as a young African man. The way that they're serving clients doesn't help my case. And if I continue to do this, I would essentially be settling for a lifestyle that I do not want for myself. Right. And that's when I decided to seek out independence. That's when I felt like independence was right for me. But to answer your question in terms of when was I ready? I don't think you're ever ready. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that you just got to dip that toe in. You got to I don't want to say take the leap of faith because there's certain things that you can do to make sure that you're secure in your decision. There's things that you can do to make sure that you're approaching it the right way. There's communities that you can join to make sure that you feel like you're not alone, but you're never ready, you know. And as you embark on the journey, you'll find that there's different levels that require you to be different versions of yourself. So you're always evolving. But that was kind of my battle <laughs> with going independent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good, so a lot of good points. One of the things I heard you say was time affluence and how important that is, man. I think as Having a young family me having a young family myself, I almost think like it's one of those things that you almost don't place enough value on it until you find yourself in a situation like where well, your mom needed something it's like, oh yeah, I got that you know what I mean for me, it's picking up the kids from school like I pick up the kids from daycare and preschool every day my mm-hmm. daughter pick her up from practice, take her to practice, do all the summers like I have joy doing that so you know as you were talking about going independent, I think about before I went out, and I won't get into my whole story. I've told it on here a, a bunch of times, but what I think about is I thought about that time of influence. I thought about career mobility. What did I really want to do? Am I just going to go to this next position because it pays more money? Am I going to go to this next position because it's just where I'm supposed to go and there's nowhere else for me to move? And so then when I started thinking about, like, I took that step back and I was like, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. And the next question is, how do I want to do it? Right. You know what I mean? And so when I started looking at the how I want to do it, that's when the wheels really started turning. And you said something that was also capping to me. I don't know if I ever really felt like I was ready. I was leaving my firm. I'd already registered my firm, like already, you know, getting the website built and sitting down with the clients. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. But you kind of do it. you kind got do it anyway. I was talking to Carl Richards the other day. We recorded a show together and, you know, he always talks about the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, you get out there, you get in front of the clients, and then you start talking to them. And then it's like, you start hitting your stride after you talk to them. It's like, yeah, this is what I was supposed to do. This is what I and it's like constant reminders, I think, from the clients that you have about the decision you made. Mm-hmm. What were some of the
1: things? Let me just comment on that real yeah, quick yeah, before on, okay, you go. kind of go. So like, there's a couple of things that I feel like people make mistakes on when they think about independence in any line of work. Okay. And if you listen to it, you probably can hear my daughter cooing on the microphone. She wants some mic time. But number one, one of my favorite quotes says that if you are such person, then why worry about such thing? So essentially the author of the quote, which I, my, his name escapes me right now, but he's saying that if you are focusing on the characteristics of who you are, I'm disciplined, I'm ambitious, I'm confident, I'm faith, I move with faith and not fear, I do certain things, I complete projects to completion, right? If you make yourself the type of person that does those things, you're never going to have to worry about the outcome because you know you're going to do the things necessary for it to be achieved. Right. So if you are such person, why worry about such things? So before you even go independent in anything, before you even try to do that, really assess what type of person you are, because if you're not that person, you're setting yourself up for failure. And that's the one thing that I am big on. I'm not big on telling everybody to go independent, telling everybody to do be an entrepreneur telling everybody to do certain things because they might not be the type of person that can withstand some of the natural challenges that come with this life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That comes with doing things in an unconventional way. So if you are such person, why worry about such thing? And that was the moment that I began to challenge myself in the way that I was approaching entrepreneurship. Like, you know what? I've played college football at the highest level. When I set goals and I've achieved them, I've been scared to do things in the past and I got through that. I have work ethic. I'm confident in that. And if not, let this experience prove me otherwise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I had to make sure and speak life onto the person that I was before taking a leap. So that's number one. Number two, I think that you hit the nail on the head in terms of like really identifying your why. People aren't committed to the why. They're continued to the what. Committed to the what. So the why is exactly why do you want to go independent in whatever field that you're, you're at? Why are you chasing this thing? You know what I mean? And if that reason is not convicting enough within yourself, you're not going to do the little things every day, the daily activities that allow you to be successful in whatever that thing is. So, for example, time influence was mine. I lost my father and my brother very young. Legacy is another one, right? Being able to protect and provide for my family in the way that I wanted to was another one, right? You know what I mean? So those are three, and I feel like I have more, strong whys to which why I think that entrepreneurship and this journey in independence is best for me. Because when I can, I'm doing a podcast with my daughter on my neck, like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. There would be no other circumstance that this would be possible for me. So really evaluating your why and asking yourself, is this the real reason that I wanna do this? I actually was talking to a friend today and he wants to take up a uh, contracting gig with one of his friends. Like I'm gonna help him build his business and you know do some staffing stuff. And I'm like, it seems like you just want some more money. And if that's the reason why you're doing this, you're not going to last long in this position. You're going to find a reason to not do it. So question number two is really evaluate the why. And number two, at all costs, prevent yourself from being married to the what. Mm -hmm. So I want to really distinguish two from three. Committed to the why is different than the what. We come up in finance. To me, I just thought that it was a good career and I can like help people. That was my first thing. But then you start seeing the shiny objects. like, whoa, I can get this, or I can make this much money, you know what I mean, and I can do this. And once you succumb to the what instead of the why, you begin to do things differently, you know what I mean? You get away from the diligence, the discipline, the all the things that got you to this point, you know? And I feel like that's a byproduct of success, right? You start marrying your efforts to the what you can get, and you have to prevent yourself from falling victim, from falling in love with the what. So those are... Three things, three quick things that I feel like everybody needs to do, independent or not, to really evaluate why they're in the seat that they're in. Now, the second point, and I don't mean to go on a tangent, is that I think that there takes some unconditioning before going independent, because I think that a lot of people are in jobs that they really don't want to be in. They're doing careers and things they really don't want to do. They're getting degrees that they really probably otherwise wouldn't have gotten. You know what I mean? And I think that we live in a society where you're doing things that you really don't want to do and you find yourself looking at independence like the shiny object when it's really like you, you didn't want to do that first thing in the first place, right? So I think that, especially after the pandemic season, when we were really in the thick of lockdown, it was a time to really evaluate everything. And I think that now is the time to evaluate everything. Like that season hasn't expired. And if you can do that and answer those three questions, man, I think that you'll have a better, a more tuned up, compass to lead you to exactly what your passion and purpose is. I loved it. You're spot
0: on on that. And I think we talk about the why a lot. People talk about their why a lot, and yeah. they talk about the what as well. But when you think about the why and the driving force behind why you want to do something, that has to be strong enough and it has to be clearly identified enough so that, I mean, I know everybody gets to hear the you know, people, when you think about entrepreneurship, you usually don't think about the things that could go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And so like I always, you know, we've heard the quote many times, someone says, I don't remember exactly who said it, but you know, you have a good game plan until you get hit in the face a punch in the mouth, whatever it is. Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's Mike. I couldn't remember if it was him or John Jones, but great quote from someone. And I like to apply it to entrepreneurship. When you get hit in the mouth with something that goes wrong, because things go wrong. We talk about the good side of entrepreneurship or the fun side or the time affluent side. But when those times get tough, when things are difficult, because you may have gotten off track, because you may have been focusing on something other than what the why was and not getting the what figured out. And because you get off track without having that compass, as you refer to, and I always use the compass as my why, like, why am I doing this? If I'm really just trying to do this to, you know, if I'm trying to help people, then I need to make sure that that's what my end goal is, that I'm helping people. Everything right. else will be you know, residual to that, right? Everything like uh-huh. money will come, this will come, that'll come because I'm doing what is important. When you, I kind of look at it like this, and when you feel times getting difficult, whatever you know, however that may be, personal, professional, you know, things are getting difficult on that
1: road. How do you get back to where you need to be, like recenter yourself, if you will, when things are getting difficult? So I'll tell you what I think this is something that I struggle with, especially lately. But when things get difficult for me, I try to go back to the activities that made me successful and that did things like got my mental right or my spiritual nature right. You know what I mean? Because I think that it's, it's about being grounded in this difficult nature. Like things happen. You try, you fail, you get up again, but you have to almost remind yourself of who you are. And that's a difficult thing for me because in our business, you start to like associate yourself with the things that you're doing. Like I'm a great podcast host. I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, but quite honestly, this is just what you do, not who you are. So when things get difficult, I have to remind myself of who I am and I have to do the activities that allow me to think clearly and really help me to attach back to that person at my core. At my core, a son of God. At my core, I'm a hardworking person. I'm family oriented. You know what I mean? But I'm not just a financial advisor. My worth is not deemed just on the success of what I do as a professional. And also, I kind of expect some difficulty. Like I expect some clients to have issues sometimes. I expect for there to be terminations, either by me or by a client because of whatever reason. So I think that when you are realistic with what you expect from independence, then you kind of deal with it better. But at the end of the day, it's more about me knowing who I am, knowing that if you will, versus not. And I think that's important for a lot of people. I'm really trying to continue to work on that. Because when I see the fruits of our labor, right? Directly, that action is like, I'm able to pay our mortgage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm able to do this. You're able to put your kid in this school or open this account, but that's not who you are. That's just something that you do because you took a risk. So when things get challenging, I try to reattach myself to who I am. You've heard it before. People
0: say something works so good, you stop doing it. And so like I always try to do something very similar, go back to the basics, to the fundamentals, the blocking, the tackling. I used to have a old boss that used to always say, you got to work on the double leg tape lounge. It's boring. No one wants to do it, but you got to do it. You got to keep doing it. And I think for me, it was the knowing thyself. I want to say, like, just on a personal journey, I started meditating a couple of years back and I can tie like the success of or, you know, not necessarily yeah, the success where I can tie that to how many times I meditated. And it's not so much that I was trying to do it for a meditation streak or anything like that, but it was what was happening to me during that. I was getting that clarity of mind and just being able to operate and function much more clearly on what I wanted to do. you know. And I think that taking that time for me to turn down the noise a little bit, just in my life, just on everything that was going on. And, and I'm noticing that me and you were talking about this yesterday, I was like, man, I need to get back to it. You know, I haven't, uh, I had another friend asked me today. They said, uh, hey, have you? when last time you meditated, because you used to always post stuff about meditation. I ain't seen that. And I was like, oh man. And I think one of the things that has been critically important for me as a independent, you know, as an entrepreneur is having that accountability group. Like that, I remember, uh, shout out to the Invest Like the West group. I got to get back on those calls, man. I'm going to tell you straight up. Got to get back. I, I, mean, yeah. listen, I need it. I can't, I can't do it no more. But uh, we started an accountability group. And I want to say, from that, that was in 2019, unbeknownst to us, what was going to happen in 2020. But I want to say like what we were able to accomplish in that group over that time with the accountability, with the challenging. Like, what are you really trying to accomplish with what you're doing? here? It seems like you're just trying to be busy. Like, I remember the conversations like that. And I would say have to surround yourself with people, with a tribe, if you will, with someone who is going to hold you accountable, hold your feet to the fire, ask you tough questions, allow you to explain what you were actually thinking through that and then not only is that good for you to have to do that it's great for them to hear what it is and you have to verbalize what you're going to do and then you know someone expecting to see the results from what you said you were going to do is and this is not necessarily someone this could be a peer because this is a peer group that we have it wasn't like necessarily like a business coach or anything like that and i think for me to be able to have those group that group of advisors or a group of men if you will to sharpen me. Because we also talked about fatherhood. We also talked about Mm -hmm. being husbands. We've also talked about, you know, we talked about all aspects of life. And I think
1: in that group particular, we were trying to help each other be better people. Yeah. And And that goes back to my first point. Not Mm -hmm. to cut you off, but just if you are such person, why worry about such things? So a lot of the times we're focused on doing things and not making ourselves into the type of person that these things come natural to. And before you can go independent at anything, we had a friend in that group who just wasn't there. It wasn't that person mentally yet. So he struggled with the leap to go independent. So he had to focus on becoming the person that could see themselves as a business owner, running a good business, right? And being successful. I remember one of my uh, former partners used to always say, you already won, now you just got to experience the win. And I really didn't understand what that meant at the time. But looking back, it was like, if you think you won, if you think you can do it, you've already done it. Now just live out, live it out. Do the things necessary for you to actually like hold this win in your hand. And I think that's extremely important. So I agree 100%. Yeah. So
0: as we were, you know, just thinking through those things, I was sitting here and I was thinking about, you know, so all of this, so we have our practices and we build our practices up and then we get to the point where we start on it. And I think for the advisor, like you were saying, I think going independent is a big decision. I think it's something that has to be carefully thought out. I think there's some financial stuff that you have to make sure that you have. There are the groups, the support that you want to make sure you have. Checking in with the family. Family's hugely, majorly important. I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for the support of my family. And as we're going through this, some people know that we have Onyx. And as people are thinking about all of this, what would you say to someone that's sitting there, you know, close to making that decision or thinking about that decision or and we've given them a whole bunch of stuff here, but if you were thinking about that, like put yourself in, you know, where, where it's
1: 2020, where we're going to start our practice, start a firm in 2023, what would you say? Honestly, I feel like we've been on each other four years. And I think that in these four years, I've evolved many times. Some of those months, I'm like complicated. I want to do complicated things like angel invest. Other times, I'm very simple. And I think that this is one of the, simple season for me in which I'm really actually trying to cut things back, be perfect in the things that I am doing and look at it like less is more when less does more. So I don't need to do everything. I just need to do a few things really great. So to that person, I'm going to give them simple advice. You can do it if you think you can. And then if you think you can go through those three points that I mentioned before, why worry if you're such person, make yourself that person commit to the why at all costs. Defend yourself from falling in love with a what. And then typical business planning after that, baby. You just got to go through the natural things that you have to go through to build a great business, right? But it's all about what you think. It's a mental game. And mentally, if you're there, if you're checked in, if you're locked in, if you're, you know, gas is expensive right now. So if you're charging your mind, (laughs) we go on EV. If you're charging your mind every day, you're putting good things in there to continue to run this race, you'll be perfectly fine. You run the distance, you'll run a few marathons, but you can do it if you think you can.
0: Wise words. He said you're in a marathon, and that's what it is. I think I was looking at something today. I seen it on LinkedIn, and we're talking about entrepreneur like burnout. And I think that that is a real thing as well. Like when you have something, you don't want to burn yourself out on it. And I think the way that you do that is by setting those parameters on things that you're doing. Like this is my time. This is when I'm going to work. This is when I'm going to take care of this personal time. This is my family time, and nothing gets inside of that. Mm-hmm. And I think you will be able to go a lot further in your business by setting those boundaries. I've seen some calendars of some people that, people that I look up to. I've seen some mm. similar their calendars and they have like blocked out on their calendar from, you know, seven to 10, like this is my personal time. And we're trying to get a meeting with someone, me and another one of my advisors, we're trying to meet with someone to do something. And we had sent out a time request for him. And I'm saying this, because I think this is so important. We sent out a time request to do something with this person. And they were like, I don't do anything until after this time. And I was like, I was kind of taken back because the person, I was like, wow, okay. And they were like, I don't know, we don't do anything. He said, you guys can have a great meeting, but I can't be there until this time. And it hit me like, am I defending my time like that? Am I defending my family's time? Am I defending my time? Am I defending those hours? And it really hit me. It kind of checked me like, I need to do that. And so I've been trying to put together my schedule in such a way where I have those uninterrupted time, like this time is what I'm doing this during this time and I'm not going to give that away to anybody.
1: Look like you have something to say to certain. I think that you should start to defend that time early and often. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, I think that there's certain people that think entrepreneurship is a way to become lazy. There's certain rights you got to earn to be able to defend your time. And in the beginning, you got to kind of do a lot. But then when you get to that point where you've earned this right, to say like, I can only do this at this time, that takes you to the next level. So you're at that level, that you can say, I'm gonna defend my time and be better at X, Y, and Z. But there's a huge demographic that needs to go through the natural processes of independence and of earning the right to say like, hey, I don't do this here because you gotta put in those reps. You gotta do those things that are gonna allow you to build in that time and that leisure. So that's what I was thinking as you were saying that, but you're absolutely correct, man. There's structure, there's organization, there's persistence, there's communication, there's grit. Like when I say grit, that's to me one of the most important things that you can have as an entrepreneur because you got to roll up your sleeves and get dirty. And if you don't, who's going to do it? So those things are all important as I reflect on the last four years of us getting to this point. And I think that some of those same principles with Onyx and with different projects that we have, and even with Continue to scale our firms. We have to roll up our sleeves and do that again. So it's a cycle, it's a cycle of activities that allow you to get there, right? And I think that if you are such person, doing those activities won't be an issue.
0: I 100% agree. 100% agree. And it was, yeah, I like how you brought that up though, because I talked about defending the time, but I didn't talk about working on Sundays. Yeah. I didn't talk, yeah. about, you know, so I didn't talk about you know you doing what we had to do to grow the business. I remember the first meeting I had in my office when we had an office, I didn't have a desk. I had to have mm-hmm. my client They came in. We met on a Costco table and some chairs in my office. That was, you know what I mean? Right. Just grinding to get there. And I think that one of the most important things, you said grit, and I'll say grit and grind, because there is something that happens to you on that grind when you're out there and you're waking up early and you're doing the stuff, staying late, meeting with clients, doing stuff that you, you know what I mean? You doing everything at the firm. When you start your firm, a lot of people would like to put that title CEO on, but that's chief everything officer. I'm doing the marketing. I'm doing the you know mm-hmm. I'm doing the follow up. I'm the customer service rep. I'm the you know I'm yep. taking out the trash. You know I'm doing it all. And I think that through those times is when you really build character. You really build who you're gonna be because there is no one else there, and you really have to pull it from within yourself. And I think that once you come through that and you see it worked. It's incredible how many times you will go back into that. Like you were saying, it's like cyclical. You'll go through and then you'll come back and then you got to get back to that type of grind. And so I, I like what you said there. In in closing, I just wanted to just give you an opportunity, sort of Sarte, to share anything that was on your mind. I mean, I've been around
1: long enough. Just turn you loose, man. If you had anything you wanted yeah. to say, i mean, yeah, please. In this season, what I want to say and what I've been feeling in my heart is that everything that I've gone through to this point is for a reason. Like the next level, the next stage, the next... Cycle, if you will, since that's what we've been talking about, is for the next, next, next. So, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to go independent, you're running your business right now, you're starting a new business, you're rebranding your business, whatever the case is, everything that you learned is for this exact moment. It's to make sure that your next project is better than your last. It's to make sure that you serve your next client better than the last. It's to make sure that you structure things better than you did before. It's to make sure that you clearly identify your goals, your metrics, your niche. And things that really could take you to the next level. So I think that's the message on this call, right? Because we've gone through this cocoon of a two years, right? From 2020 to 2022. And now we're seeing things open up and we, we're able to fly. When you're flying, don't forget what you learned over this period. And I think that's going to separate those who are going to be great versus those who are going to go back to just being good. I don't think anybody's mediocre, but just being good. You're just good at what you do. So. I've been really focused on really planning and preparing to use all of the lessons for my next iteration of rebranding my firm, for the next iteration of a podcast that I might run, for the next, next, next. And if you work like that, the cycle becomes one, it becomes home, which is what you do. And then it becomes just an easier thing to continue to replicate over and over and over across any type of business in any pursuit of independence. that's what I'm excited for. And if you're listening and you're looking for the same thing, I would really take that to heart. Love that. Man, like I said,
0: anytime I can have you on, it's always a pleasure. Then you brought my niece on with, it, with you. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been good, man. It's always a pleasure, like I said, to have you on. It's an absolute honor, man. I look at, like you're one of my best friends, man. And, and I yes, thank sir. You. Thank Likewise. you. Said. As you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time, this is Emlin here with DeSarte and Suffering.